Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, what kind of messages does one listener get from beyond the grave after visiting a very specific grave site? Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it is. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Of course, you can also uh, write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. And if you like the show, you want to keep us on the air, well, we would love that. That's what fuels this show for the last eight years. Your guys' support at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. $5 a month gets you access to all of our bonus material. Brand new bonus episodes every single week exclusively for our EPPs, extra podcast people. You also get advanced episodes of the show, our full archive of all of our episodes, all commercial free. So you can just listen, no ads and binge away Everything is there for you, including a whole bunch of extras throughout the year as well. Our ebook, our audiobook, throw that in there for you as well. That's a $30 value if you were to get it through Audible or Amazon. That's included uh, when you become an EPP. Ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Tony and Carol Hughes today. And how are you this fine day? Hey, friend. I'm doing hey. pretty good. Good. I, uh, I have to say, I kind of had a weird moment today. And it wasn't with ghosts, but they're not in the same boat. But when you have a a connection with something outside of, I guess, human beings, that it's just like kind of weirdly like the two of you get it. And it's something that's completely different than you. It's kind of spooky in a way, in a cool, spooky way, but kind of spooky in a way. And I had one of those experiences today. With what? A cow. (laughs) We were like you just made eye contact. We made eye contact. We were doing pottery, (laughs) and and suddenly, oh Oh, my love! No, Um, I was um, I was in the uh, the back pasture today, and we have um, a a small horse. Um, It's a baby horse, Um, and I was beginning to try and, and. lead break it and from what i understand this is my first time ever attempting this and i don't know what the hell i'm doing um but i know you have to try and get them used to being on a lead a rope you know with their halter so they can you know walk along with you and it's easier to do it when you can outpower them before they can outpower you um so they can just kind of learn this is you know you walk with the human and so i've been working on that a little bit yesterday was the first day we were doing it Walked around the pasture for like an hour with her and at first didn't want to even move her legs. And then eventually she's walking with me and we kind of got it going. Today I was out there and it was me and her. And again, she's a tiny horse. She's like up to my waist. She's like a large golden retriever, but a horse. And uh, also out there is my Jersey cow, Ivy. She's a big mama and her baby is out there with her, Elsie. And they're, they're in the other part of the pasture. So I'm walking around and all the animals kind of, they all go out there. It's like old McDonald had a farm, but old McBrewski has a farm. And, <laughs> um, and 
it's, it, I swear to God, it, I feel like that every time because all the animals run up to me and they want to be petted and it's, it's just crazy. Anyway, I'm out there and I'm walking. Uh, Wildfire is the name of my horse. And we're walking and, and, and she's really not wanting to move. She's kind of like digging her, her hooves into the ground. And all of a sudden I hear on the other side of the pasture and it's Ivy. And she's way over there. And she looks at me. And I said, I'm just trying to get wildfire to, to learn how to walk here on this lead. And she nods. <laughs> and then she starts going towards us. And she's kind of running towards us. I'm like, what is she doing? Because I'm like, I'm not invading her space. I'm not like between her and her baby or anything. And she gets over to me and she looks up at me. And then she kind of like nods towards the horse. I'm like, okay. And then she goes behind the horse with her head and her right behind the horse's butt and kind of nudges the horse forward. Oh my God, that's so sweet. <laughs> and so wildfire starts, you know, moving forward a bit and we start walking more and more and then Ivy just stays right behind her. And every time wildfire tries to stop, Ivy's like, Mur! as in nudges her forward. <laughs> and we go around the pasture three or four times. And then our other cow... My little one, Big Mac, is, is his name. He's a little bull, and he's never going to be turned into a Big Mac. He's just like a pet. Um, then he's a little bit older than, uh, well, he's, he's actually, he's about probably two or three months old now, but he's still a tiny cow. Um, and he he tries to get in on it, too, and tries to help <laughs> nudge the horse along the whole way. And then the dogs get in on it. And I have two, uh, th these two dogs are out there. And they're puppies still, but they're big puppies. And and they're running alongside too. And everybody's like trying to like nudge this horse along and kind of cheer the horse to like, here's what you do. Keep moving on the lead. And I swear to God, if this had been a YouTube video, it would be at a million hits by this day, time that of the day. That is so precious. It was a, an amazing moment of a human being and these farm animals all like coming together as this team, all different species. Just trying to help the baby. Trying like, to help on, the baby. You've got this. Yeah. I was just The guy like, needs some help here. I was amazed. Oh. I was just amazed. That I mean this I'm amazed at cows, number one. I knew I knew nothing about cows before I got a cows in the last year. They are smart animals. <laughs> I mean, like scarily smart. And I'm I, I, I'm starting to feel guilty because I do eat beef still. But I, I'm just like, oh, my God. Like they are, if you, my ones up front hate people and they're scared of people. And I get it. They're mainly beef cows. Uh, but my ones in back are dairy cows. And they're just so friendly. They're like, oh, yeah, you're not going to eat us. You're just going to get our milk. That's cool. <laughs> you know? But uh, they're just like my buddies. I can go up and hug my cows and they want to be hugged. They like come up to me and like want to be petted and like dogs. And it was just a weird moment oh, between I human that story. and animal. And it, uh, I don't know, little, you know, little bit of, I know it's not a ghost story, but there's a little bit of brightness for your day. If you're listening here in our weird world that we're living in in 2021. I know, that's a thing. It's stories like that, because everything you hear, like, I haven't even been able to watch news or anything lately, Yeah, because everything just seems so negative and dark and not right. But something like that, yeah. it's like, there is some positivity in the world. Yeah, it was really, 
it was That's such cool. a neat moment. It really was. So, so cool. anyway, let's jump into some dark shit and okay. uh, talk about ghosts. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Let's go to our first one. It says, on uh, what would have been my friend's 30th birthday, a Facebook notification declared I should let him know that I was thinking of him and wish him a happy birthday. I thought it was odd because I had deactivated my notifications for some time. Regardless... I was hesitant. We had fallen out years before, and I'd always felt guilty about it because it was my fault. And worst of all, I let the silence and severance solidify over time. So when I concluded that I would reach out and apologize, it hit me particularly hard to find out via Facebook that my friend had died three years earlier. I had to piece together the details, each clue more painful than the last. He ended his own life. The pain I felt was indescribable. The friendship we had while we had it was awfully close and exceedingly rare. One of the few reciprocal friendships you have in life when you truly feel seen, heard, and understood so much of that you wonder if you have met before, maybe in another life a few days later. It was March 14th, otherwise Pi Day. For the first time since hearing about my friend's death, I felt able to go out to a local cafe and meet up with someone willing to listen to me process my grief. That year, Stephen Hawking died on Albert Einstein's birthday. Two people my friend often talked about, along with the subjects of infinity, pi, coincidences, multiverses, time not existing, and quantum physics. While I was telling my patient, confident about this, I looked at the empty chair between us and said something along the lines of, he would have liked this song. I wish he were here. I wish I could have told him everything I'm telling you. And I wish I could tell him that I'm sorry. I wish I knew when he passed. Almost immediately, the only other group in the cafe who was told upon entry that the cafe would be closing in an hour, and we're okay with that, called out the name of my deceased friend. Not once, but repeatedly. One after the other. Jay is here. Jay is here. A young man had entered the cafe behind my seat and waved to his group and joined them. My friend, more open-minded than me, ran over to the bar to ask what the name of the song was. She said it was passing by, by a group called Zero Seven. We both thought the coincidence would end at the title, but the lyrics were a spot-on response to everything I said, making me cry tears of comfort, when before all I could manage to do was lay in bed all day, crying myself to sleep. A week later, I met up with my friend again in a different place, a pub. She thought I could use some cheering up, and a live band was on, so there we were, she asked me if I received any more signs from my friend, but I did not. She asked me if I asked him for some. I said no. So she made me ask for one there and then, specifically a song that was relevant to us. I told her we danced to Chelsea Dagger once. She did not know what song I was talking about. I cut my hand to her ear and hummed it to her. Two songs later, with no possible way the band could have heard us, that was the very song they played. I chalked it up to coincidence. My friend said it was a sign. Weird coincidences happened after that. Throughout the year, I started a new job and was assigned a desk under a cutout of Albert Einstein, then my first ever client had the same exact name as my deceased friend. Then a mug appeared on my desk that no one claimed. The local football club of his very remote town in the valley in another a county, or country rather. Then my colleague called me a nickname he gave me that no one else 
thought to give me throughout my entire life apart from my father. An awfully specific and very unlikely songs played whenever I went, followed by a strange occurrence with blackbirds and saying relevant dates whenever I looked at a clock. I thought I was going crazy. Then I had a dream. In this dream, we were in a band-type classroom, but I was without a seat and everyone who was sitting there seemed to be waiting for their number to be called. I knew this did not apply to me. My friend was there in front of me. On the other side of the room, we were both awkward about each other's presence, but I was not aware he was dead. When I finally mustered the courage to approach him and apologize, he replied, he could have reached out to me too. Then his name was called through a doorway that was previously blockaded, and I woke up. Felt extremely real. A year later, after finding out where he was interred, which happened to be under the mountain where we once hiked in his hometown, coincidentally, we were first discussing life and death. I learned the significance of the group 07. It was the day he died, and an answer to my earlier question. I picked flowers from the forest he showed me and left him on his grave. And I apologized because I really wanted to give them or give him daffodils as they're symbolic of the month of our birth. The first sign of spring and this national flower, but they were just out of season. Weirdly, it did not take long for the fake bunch of daffodils to come tumbling down the hill, landing right in front of me, and from some presumably another gravesite. Took it as a sign and left it at his. The week after visiting his grave back home, I got a lift somewhere from a friend. A friend never stopped talking, so it was odd when he suddenly in was interested in the radio, particularly the voice of the commentator. Turn up the volume. They introduced a song called Lay Some Flowers on My Grave by Blind Willie Motel, a blues song from the 1930s that I'm sure does not get much airplay on a major radio station. Lyrics gave me goosebumps and a feeling of acknowledgement. Then on the way home, still thinking about the song, I walked past a parked car with the most unlikely items dangling from its mirror, a skeleton and a daffodil. He appeared in my dream shortly after. We were back in the mountains walking in the opposite directions. He with a friend who was still alive, walking and talking together, and me on my own. In the middle of his conversation with his friend, he looked at me and smiled. It felt like he was saying, all is forgiven. It's all good, with just his eyes. Not much happened for a long time after that, until I hit a difficult period of suffering. That is when I started to notice peculiar behavior from, from monarch butterflies. They'd appear at random during my lowest points, doing exactly what I would tell them to do whenever I had my doubts. At times, I would even pass by people saying his name, if not getting notifications from people who shared his first and last name, and catch a sight of relevant numbers without looking for them. Most extraordinary of these instances is a synchronicity was when a childhood friend of his, whom I met only once before 10 years ago, came to perform at a venue next to my flat, all the way across the country. I would not have known it was noted either, uh, it not for the face display in the adverts, or me coincidentally writing about that awfully specific memory involving him and my deceased friend at the time of, his, of, this, of his event, rather. It would be through this friend that I would get the closure I needed. I dreamt of my friend one more time before the protests and pandemic. We were driving with a family to a restaurant in New York City, or at least a place that looked like it. When we got out, there were mass groups of people gathered around statues protesting something. We went into the restaurant, which served various items. It kind of put me off. It wasn't to my taste. 
My mom was telling us about her favorite recipes when suddenly my friend had to leave. I knew he was dead this time. It did not make me feel any different as though he were alive. He said he had to go. I knew I would miss him. He said I knew what to do. We hugged and kissed goodbye and I woke up. Turns out my mom texted me her favorite recipes. She's not the kind of mom who does that that night. I feel like this is confirmation that what I dreamt was real. In retrospect, perhaps the strange events taking place in the dream city were hinting towards what was yet to come. I've not heard from my friend recently, but I do not feel like there is any separation in death. If anything, I feel closer to him than in life. In fact, I think he's a go-between now. A few months ago, I was sitting with my husband in the garden one night when a large white feather fell very, very slowly from the night sky and landed diagonally without any breeze in the bed of lavender my husband recently's deceased grandmother gave us. And this week, I had a dream about a friend from high school. She and I were walking down the hallways of a place I felt was our school, but not the one we attended in real life. Talking through the remainder of passing the time in a hurry, she told me she had a lot of fun hanging out with me and the rest of our friends who have all lost touch in the 15 years since. It ran off in different directions. Upon waking up, I thought it was weird and felt strongly compelled to do some Googling. I soon found out she died three years ago. I cannot help but feel that she and my husband's grandmother came through with his help. Lots to unpack I guess the question on that one is, do you believe in coincidences? Well, I think that some of it could possibly be, but then other there's other parts of that that I don't believe is a coincidence. Yeah. Because there was a lot to it. And, you know, I, and it seems like it went on over a, you know, pretty spread out period of time yeah i mean it was a lot in in the writing but in in time these things weren't all on top it of seems each other. like yeah it seemed like it was over uh, some time mm -hmm. you know and it's interesting to me that they hadn't you know for some reason a falling out or whatever it was and then you know that's why i always say <clears throat> you know you gotta if, if you're okay with being pissed off at somebody and living with that forever in case something should happen. Yeah. You know, you don't always get that second chance like this person did. I don't know what happened with their with their relationship, but I really do think that they were able to mend it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Which is beautiful. And I think I don't know that he helped the others come through or if at that point she was more open to it. But, you know, it's just one of those things, too, because I think, you know, people want to be hit over the head with, like, this sign from beyond. Yeah. And it's the subtle things that if you are open to it, I think you'll see it. I think in life, the more you wait for the sign from beyond, the more you will miss out on Exactly. And, you know, it's it's never going to be that simple. Some You'll, you'll have those moments. You, everyone will hopefully have a couple of those moments in life where it's like, holy shit, that's a weird coincidence. But most of life is not that. And sometimes you just have to grab on, take the bull by the horns, whatever you want to say, and just say, look, here's what life has dealt me. Here's what's going on. And let's see what the fuck happens. <laughs> 
and 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 give it the chance of whatever it is. And when it comes to friends and relationships and all that, time is so incredibly fleeting. I mean, yeah. the older we get, the more we look back and go, oh, my God, that was that long ago. But I do think sometimes you need that little bit of like because I and I think I shared this story. Yeah, I did last week with um, my garage light being on. Yeah. And then I'm like, what the hell? Because that's not the like overhead light. That's the garage door opener light, which is busted. <laughs> and so that was weird. Since been fixed. But um, then I went and looked at Facebook and my ex-boyfriend had died. Yeah. And I'm like, it just stopped me. It's like, was that him? Mm -hmm. I don't know. And, you know, he and I hadn't communicated in years. But um, I, I just think there's something to that. And, you know, if they had an important relationship that was important to each of them, and, and it was left unresolved or left with unfinished business yeah. probably is a better way to say that. You know, I definitely think that person could be like, you know, hey, I'm okay. And, you know, because when someone dies like that, then you're left with this, oh, my God, that guilt. Mm -hmm. And why didn't I reach out? Why, 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 why? That whys never stop. And so I just think it's kind of beautiful that you can quit. You don't have to worry about why. You can only, and, yeah. And it's okay. And you have to, I mean, eventually you have to accept it. And death is a really hard thing to accept. Oh. But I think that's, I think there were in some of those signs, like the whole thing in the bar and then the band starts playing that song. It's like, what the hell? Yeah. Like that is being hit over the head. But some of them are way more <laughs> subtle, like the daffodils coming down the hill. Like, are, what the hell? Are, let me ask you this. What's your opinion on this? When we're younger, like, teens 20s early 20s that sort of stuff and life is so much more in front of us and and i guess maybe we're more optimistic i don't know kind of depends on the mindset of where we're at but i remember back in those days i i think like i remember like seeing more signs or at least i thought i did where it would be like oh that's a sign that means something and i feel like i've been very numb to that for a long time or like it's not happening or I don't know. But when I look back on some of those younger days, it's like, wow, those are like, <laughs> but I, I would have weird shit happen though too. Like I'd have lights that like street lights that oh, would yeah, turn on and off and, yeah, and things like that. So it's like, I don't know if there's just like, they were more pronounced back then or. But I also was the girl who, um, took her tarot cards with her everywhere she went. Oh, like okay. at any party, I was the girl in the bedroom reading everybody's cards. But so, yeah, I did I not know you did that. Yeah, I was quite good at it back in the day. Could you still do tarot cards today? I have a deck. Yeah. No I, shit. I mean, I haven't played with them for yeah. years. Cause then I was like, am I opening up something? Yeah. You know, once you, especially once like weird shit starts happening in your life. Yeah. It's like, it's like yeah, put these down. Yeah. But um, but I'm still I don't really think of them as having some sort of paranormal power. I don't mm -hmm. think of them as like a Ouija board. Yeah, I just think of them as a tool to kind of like, yeah, here's what's going on. Here's what you could do. Here's what you need to be aware of, sort of thing. 
I have an incredibly cliche one that a lot of people go with, and it's the cardinal one. You know, I mean, I, um, oh. I, I always like when I look at cardinals. I always, I think of my grandpa because he, before we knew cardinals were like a symbol of you know a loved one that's passed. He was very much into birds and bird watching, and I bought him a bird watching book and all that stuff when I was a kid as you know, a Christmas present when I was like 10 and all that. Um, so whenever I see cardinals, I think of him, and I always kind of like to think of him as watching over me. And I think I might even said this on one of the shows once recently. Um, there's, and, and I've said this on another episode a little while back, there's a lot of very kind of stressful, dark things that we're dealing with here. Uh, or I'm dealing with right now. We both are dealing with a lot of shit right now, but um, totally different areas. Understatement. Um, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, uh, it's um, it's been incredibly difficult uh, for me and Harp right now as we're going through some stuff. Um, and I, I the other day I had walked out to my office on kind of one of the earlier days of what we're going through. And I'd never seen so many damn Cardinals in my life. And there was probably... 12 or so it was a flock it was a flock of cardinals that were all over this i have a little horse pen that's right outside of the studio here where the my tiny horses live and they were like on the bars they were one was on a horse <laughs> and some on the fence and i was like oh my god i've never seen so many cardinals and they all just flew away and i always see cardinals everywhere around my yard but they're usually like one at a time and i'm always like Hi, Grandpa. Is this what I say when I see a cardinal? Um, but I'd never seen so many at one time. At but it's probably like one of my darkest showing you days. That, like it's kind of like to me that I would take that as a sign. Yeah. Like you are so surrounded with love right now. And that's what I took it as. And that's where I'm like, I've kind of been getting back into the world of like, I don't know if I'm overly looking for it. I don't know, but I'm seeing a flock of twelve cardinals at one time is kind of not a normal thing. And the fact that they're gorgeous yeah. their color is so beautiful but it's just, i don't know i like i said a minute ago i think that sometimes you you look for these big signs of something and it yeah. doesn't have but seeing 12 cardinals at the same time would get anybody's attention because that yeah. would be incredible but it was I just think i think there's a reason for that and especially since you have a meaning connected with the cardinals yeah i love to see cardinals because i think they're beautiful mm -hmm. i don't feel the connection with my dad and the cardinals mm -hmm. i just think they're beautiful yeah i've always thought of that with him i mean my my there's one high school in my town and the the team was the cardinals too um and i could give a shit about high school sports but it was you know it was like every it was it was the the town team if you will so everybody kind of just identified with that as as what it was but i i've always just thought of that and ever since he passed i i guess i picked up on cardinals more but that was i'd never oh seen God, a flock of I cardinals i just thought of something tony that's why i don't have the connection with cardinals why i'm a cubs fan <laughs> there you go <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is like i find the birds to be beautiful but i can't have a deep spiritual connection to the cardinals <laughs> ah, ah, i and get it now dots. no wonder my that's why my dad my dad was a cubs fan that's why my dad didn't want me to look at cardinals and say oh dad so he does the penny thing instead because that would be all connected. kinds of fucked up to be a cardinals fan <laughs> It, that just would be that's weird even coming out of my mouth there you go the dots have been <sighs> thank connected you, thank you for the clarity <laughs> i'm dr fraser crane <laughs> hello caller i'm listening <laughs> hey guys my name is joe i am from georgia 
my story is about my dad. Uh, in end of 2016, he got re-diagnosed with cancer, and he passed uh, August of 2017 after losing the fight. Um, little backstory behind that: uh, when he was first diagnosed, my mom and I got in an argument over a vehicle. Um, so I didn't really talk to them for several months, um, just to avoid any arguments. Um, once my dad passed, you know, I felt guilty for not being there for him. But a week or two afterwards, uh, walking to my bedroom, I saw my dad standing in the corner wearing a black and white suit at a younger age. He looked like a lot younger than what he was and just staring, not moving, just, just staring. Uh, a few nights later on, when I was exiting my bathroom, that's in a, uh, the master bath, I saw my dad standing in the same area again, same exact thing, just staring. Uh, a few days later on, while walking past my walk-in closet, uh, I had a feeling my dad was in, in the closet, but I was just terrified to look, and I just kept on walking and just pretended I didn't see, you know, feel or see anything or want to look. Uh, then she told my mom about it, and uh, she said that he's probably there, you know, to check it up on you. Um, and I said, you know, well, it scared me. And she said, why? I said, because he's out to get me for not being there for him. She says, don't, don't think that way. He's just, he, he, he's forgiven you. So a few weeks later on, while I was at my job, my wife called me frantically saying, I just saw your dad standing by his picture smiling. And his name's Orlando. And uh, she says, Orlando, what can I do for you? Um, she also called for my daughter who exited her room from the other side of the house and she said she saw like a cloudy image fading away when she walked out. Um, not too long afterwards, we started smelling a urine smell by my boy's bathroom, just outside of it. And I uh, come to find out that my youngest son, Mason, who's on the spectrum of autism, said he saw Grandpa in the mirror and he was just too scared to go in there, so he peed outside. Um, he just couldn't comprehend why Grandpa's in heaven and he's seen in his mirror. Uh, during that time, you know, the whole, that whole month of September of 2018 and, uh, correction, 2017 and, uh, of September and October has been, it was a bad month for my family. Top of my dad passing, my uncle passed, my cousin passed, my dog passed, and my wife's sister's father-in-law passed. Um, my wife said she even saw my dog on the couch during that time. And I was kind of freaked her out. Um, eventually moved and just as of recently my youngest daughter has been seeing my father in the hallway and told my mom about it again and she said well he's obviously there for a reason checking up on the kids and backstory of my kids I recently got custody of them uh, from their mom and got them out of an abusive home so that's my only thought is he's there trying to protect them I don't know um, still don't know why I see my dad you know me and my siblings and my mom all have his ashes on the little pendant we were on our necks. And um, every once in a while, I just got the feeling that he's there. Um, but, you know, I wish I could see him again, but I haven't since then. But everyone else is. Um, don't know what to make of it. Let's see what you guys think. Have a good day. Lots to unpack there. And number that is one, interesting. Number one, good and for it's you. It's kind for, of a theme tonight. Um, yeah. You know... It's interesting because it's like I you want to know that you feel the presence of your parent. And by the way, I'm really sorry for what he went through. That's recent and that's hard. Yeah. And then when he added on all the other things that have happened, 
his family's been through a lot. It was um, almost like a bad Toby Keith song uh, <laughs> towards the end there. Oh my God, it was horrible. I know. <laughs> Just going to add like, like liquor somewhere in that mix. And it's like, oh, holy shit. And a yeah. truck. Yeah. <laughs> and I wrecked my truck. Um, but because you want to feel that loving feeling of your... <laughs> it's like Everly Brothers. But you want to feel that feeling of your dad, but you want to feel the love... Not being scared by your dad. You know what I mean? Like, that would scare the shit out of me if I saw my dad. It's like, no, I no. don't want to see him. You don't want him to be gone. You don't gone, I want him to, I want him gone. to, like, whoa. I want, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I want to feel like he's near. I just don't want him to scare the shit out of me. No. And the fact he's kind of scaring the shit out of his entire family, it's like, yeah. dad, you know, so now maybe that. He will feel his dad around, but not in that way that scares him. So hopefully, you know, it kind of goes away yeah. for everybody in the family. And I, you know, I, I talk to my house all the time and I'm like, <laughs> I just do. But it's, you know, it's like, it. I don't want to be scared, but I think, you know, you don't want to, especially with a parent, you want to feel that comforting feeling. Yeah. I think you're right. And I, that's my guess is, you know, sometimes I think people show up to try and help and maybe they don't realize even in real life, you can have a parent that shows up and tries to help and can sometimes not be helpful uh, when when you're alive. So, I mean, it could happen in death, too. I mean, but but you have to then look at the intention of the individual. Are they there to try and be a hindrance or? Yeah, because I wonder, because if he and his dad had some issues. Yeah. Then maybe the dad's like, maybe he just needs to sit in the dark and have a conversation with his dad. You know, yeah. it's like, hey, I'm sorry. And, you know, I love you. Yeah. And that sort of thing. You know, maybe the dad's like, hey, I'm here. I want you to know there's no hard feelings. And then sometimes. And I'm scaring the shit out of you and your children. Making the peace, though, with with things that may be troubling you, making the peace with your past, making the peace with a loved one that may have been passed as well. If you can make that peace, that can make you sometimes a better person than for your kids and your family and those around you. So sometimes maybe that reoccurrence is not necessarily even that individual or that, that spirit being there to to help with the family. It's there so you can have your closure and make your peace with them so you can be a better version of you. Yeah, because you, you sure can tell he loved his dad. Yeah. You know, there was no question there. It just, that's interesting because you hear a lot of people, you know, the stories we talk about, ghosts, like who knows who it is exactly, or, you know, it could be the old aunt or this woman who died in the house. It's not your parent. Yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. Thank you. For I just think a good conversation is overdue. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Thank you for sharing that story with us. And thank you uh, for uh, everything that you're uh, talking about with uh, sharing that on the air. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. That's going to wrap up today's episode of the show. If you like it, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. EPP, as we call them, sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories to help support this thing and keep our pirate ship afloat. Until next time, for Carol, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online. Thank you.